That was Miami Miami Overdrive by Griff, fresh out of Laserdisc Records. Uh, that'll be dropping tomorrow, and also dropping tomorrow. Uh, first, let me introduce myself. My name is Karen Zoe Lee. You're listening to Night Ride FM, and I have another guest on tonight. They are dropping an album tomorrow. Lavalette is dropping American Summer, uh, and we'll get into that later when I bring them on. They're a duo, by the way. Uh, more on that later, but uh, coming up next, we have a new release from Lapses, and uh, this is the opening track, Welcome to Intercorp. Welcome to Intercorp by Lapses. Yeah, <laughs> from his EP, Intercorp. Pick it up. I, I wish he had physicals. I really do. I would pick that up on cassette. That would be a pretty cassette. <laughs> Coming up next, I got one from Outland Recordings. The Last Concord has released a new single. This is Magic Summer. Mm-hmm. 
That was Magic Summer by The Last Concord. And of course they are signed to Outline Recordings. I love their roster. I really do. And I love the roster of Aztec Records too. Um, they got Bunny X and in their new single, Back to You. Back to You by Bunny X through Aztec Records. Love them. All right, so we've got somebody in the room. Chris, hi. Thank you for joining us again. I wanted to hear your song one more time. Kyokushin.
that was Kyokushin by Chris. And uh, last time I explained that uh, the timing of it lined up with the Cobra Kai fanaticism. Uh, it turns out that the inspiration for this song, Kyokushin, came around the time that he was training. So this was personal experience. <laughs> Coming up next, I've got a new one from Color Theory. This is a track called The Next Thing.
the next thing by color theory probably the most relatable song i have ever heard <laughs> oh coming up next i have a submission from north innsbruck uh here's a track called embrace
was Embrace by North Innsbruck. And uh, guess what? I have a fresh track from A Dollar Underwater. It does not release until September 3rd, but I have it early. Here's a track called In From The Rain. Oh 
That was In From The Rain by A Dollar Underwater. Brand new track that won't be out until September 3rd. We're hearing it super early. Thank you for that, by the way. He's in the IRC. Shower him with praise. <laughs> I've got one more track until I bring out my guest of the hour. I have uh, Lavenu, something from Azure. If you haven't purchased it, purchased it yet, pick it up off of Bandcamp. And uh, let's hear Broken Dreams.
That was Broken Dreams by Lavenu from uh, his last EP, Azure's very, very recent. Um, backing up to the A Dollar Underwater uh, single, which drops on September 3rd, uh, it drops with the rest of the album too, called Hereafter. So <laughs> thank you for keeping me posted on that. God, I can't, can't keep track of anything anymore. Oh, all right, here we go with Lavalette, and we are going to start off with a track called Thunder in Paradise. <laughs>
That was Thunder in Paradise by Lavalette from their album coming out tomorrow, August 27th, American Summer. And my guests of the hour, of course, are Dan and Sophia of Lavalette. Hello. Hey, Karen. How you doing? Hi, Karen. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Uh, I'm excited to have you. I've been trying to catch the summer releases as many as I can while Status Synth has been gone. Yeah. And, and I got you. Gosh. You've been working hard. <laughs> uh, summer's a hot season for people, though, and I guess it, it's suitable for a, a, a release called American Summer. Yeah, I think uh, we were almost scrambling towards the end there to make sure we got this thing out, you know, at the end of uh, August. We just really wanted it to land before the seasons kind of changed. And that's that's where you got the title from? The first track that we had written for the album was called American Summer, and then that kind of ended up driving a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of the themes of the album. I've noticed. See, so when you started this album, started writing this, uh, was Sophia uh, part of the team? Yeah. So actually, um, I found Sophia through my brother, who <laughs> was at a, a performing arts school for three years before I thought to ask him to find or help me find somebody that could sing on on some of the songs that I was working on. Oh, okay, I see. Wasted Love is not on this album. Yeah. I don't know so, what I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> so Sophia kind of, we started messing around with the first track, Promises, was the first thing we ever uh, recorded together. We had a unique situation where she was actually, where were you, Sophia, New York or Ohio at the time? I was in New York at the time. So she's in New York and I'm in New Jersey and we're like, okay, so how is this going to work? We finally got all the technical stuff figured out and uh, everything you hear was recorded remotely on the entire record and promises and also wasted love. So we've been working remote basically the entire time we've been recording together. Wow. That's like a postal service kind of story. I feel like a lot of people have been doing that during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. I feel like um, it was definitely more difficult in the beginning. Promises uh, took a while because we were trying to really figure everything out. But after Promises, we got the hang of it. And I mean, it's felt like I've been in person with Dan, to be honest. So it was it was really fun. Yeah, I think Wasted Promises took like two months because we were like writing and recording at the same time. And then I think... We did Wasted Love in like a week and a half. So things really, really picked up once we kind of got the hang of the technology side of things. Yeah, that. so I mean, that's uh, kind of how things went. We started with Promises and Wasted Love and then kind of developed our sound. And it kind of moved away from the sounds of those two tracks. I don't know, Sophia, we, we probably had 25 tracks that we had started with. Yeah. And we narrowed it, wow. narrowed it way down to kind of really, like I said, narrowing it on, on the sound that we were going for. Yeah, I think we did really find the sound with this album, like after those first two songs. I think it it really did come together. Yeah. Yeah, we started incorporating a lot more like guitar and kind of more like the rock side of things, not just all electronic, mm-hmm. but we have really organic sounding drums and we love big harmonies. So you'll hear a lot of that with mm-hmm. Sophia's voice. We'll have almost like a chorus sound. But yeah, Promises, you can see it. You can find that on Spotify and Apple Music and all that. So you live... Hang on. Lavalette is the name of of a, a town, town in, in New Jersey. Yeah. Your town? Uh, the town that I frequented as a kid growing up. Okay. That was like the summer vacation town. Gotcha. Sorry. The cover of American Summer. Is that a photo of Lavalette, New Jersey? No. Uh, heavily inspired by like the seaside boardwalk, which is, I mean, Lavalette's like a quarter mile. So if you're in Lavalette and you want to do something fun, you go to Seaside, which is just the town, town over. Heavily inspired by that, but I actually had um, the Schlechti on uh, Instagram 
work that up for me. I said, give me a pier, boardwalk, like need the Ferris wheel and like that whole vibe. So he actually worked that all up by himself. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the credits here. So Sophia, uh, you write the lyrics too? Yeah, I have helped Dan write some of the lyrics for some of the songs here and there. Uh, You definitely, I mean, you started at least four of them that are on the album so i wouldn't yeah. say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we kind of uh, collab for a lot of things like i would say dan does a lot of the bass work and then as far as like harmony goes or even like melody writing i definitely like help contribute to that aspect of things and then of course you know writing the lyrics here and there and I, I really like it. It's like nice bouncing ideas off of one another and then seeing the outcome and like just being like, wow, we did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is cool seeing it come together kind of from nothing. And then you have that spark and all of a sudden you have this song that you're really proud of. I think that's it is really cool for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the songs that I have to give Sophia all the lyric credit for was Sunset Baby. Kind of we had the music and just a basic idea for a melody. And I really had no idea what to, to go off of. So she started going with lyrics. And in one of the uh, versions that she had, she had this phrase kind of talking about the sunset and just saying, check out that sunset baby. And I was like, sunset baby, that's like a really cool term. Like, what if you just kind of ran with that and like defined like what a sunset baby would be? So it almost turned into like this song about like this wild child, like this badass chick driving with the top down and cruising the highway. And it, it just turned into this really cool vibe, so. Awesome. Yeah, that one was definitely very fun to write for sure. I like the um, idea that we ended up rolling with for it. And I can roll right into it. Let's let's hear uh, let's hear "Sunset Baby" by Lavalette. She, she drives down the Big who I should go. 
That was Sunset Baby by Lavalette. And uh, if you're just joining us, we have Lavalette here, Dan and Sophia. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you have a titular track, mm. American Summer. That's got a different singer, though, a guy. Who is that? Yeah, so it's uh, actually a duet with Sophia, and um, his name is Patrick Russell. I found him, like I said, American Summer was like one of the first songs we started with. And I had this really terrible, like MIDI sounding demo of it that I sent to him and he was all about it. So ended up uh, hooking up with him through Instagram where we probably find like 90% of the people we work with. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he's actually, he does a lot of like synthwave covers on YouTube and they're really cool. He produces everything himself. And uh, I just, I fell in love with his voice and I just felt like we needed that kind of rock and roll sound, like uh, especially for the, the title track of the album. Yeah, I remember Dan telling me that I was going to be able to sing a duet. And when I looked up Patrick on Instagram, I definitely fell in love with his voice. And I love the way our sound blended together with our duet. It was really, really fun. That's one of my favorites to sing for sure. That's awesome. I just followed him on Instagram. Hi, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Is he on any of the other tracks? No, just the one. I was lucky enough. Uh, to grab him for the one, like I said, he's on YouTube. So, I mean, he's cranking out tracks like every couple of weeks he's uploading something <laughs> new. So Busy guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm curious uh, what you were doing, Dan, before Synthwave. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I started musically when I was like 12 years old. And around that time was like the big emo scene in New Jersey. Like we had like brand new Taking Back Sunday Thursday. All those bands were like New York and New Jersey. And that's where I came from. And then from there, progressively things got heavier and heavier and heavier until it was like we were just playing sludge with strings that were barely tuned anymore. And it was like, this is just too much. So <laughs> um, I took a bit of a hiatus, I guess you could say. And then one day I picked up a uh, Arteria like MIDI keyboard, plugged into oh. my computer and I was like, holy crap. I was like, look at all these sounds I can make. And it just, it just became this like amazing tool to have. And then the other piece of the puzzle was my my older brother. He had found the Midnight, like everyone else does to, to get into Synthwave. <laughs> From some YouTube video, like a retro gaming channel, just randomly had a Midnight song in the background. Uh, he showed me that and then I was hooked. I listened to the Midnight, FM84, Gunship, probably like 10 or 15 Synthwave bands in a row, like that day. And I was, wow. I was hooked on the whole scene. That's awesome. Those are the classics. Those are the ones. They get yeah. us all. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia, are you a Synthwave fan? I mean, I have to say I am now. I have not really been introduced to Synthwave until I started working with Dan. Right now I'm a junior um, at Baldwin-Wallace University and I major in vocal performance. So most of my focus is actually on our opera and <laughs> art songs, which <laughs> is obviously very, very different. Um, There's a big crossover between opera and synthwave, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But when Dan's brother reached out to me about working with Dan, I did not want to say no at all. Like, I wanted the opportunity. Um, obviously, I've never done something like this before. And it's been an amazing experience ever since. And I do, I do like synthwave music, like synth pop, especially Dan sound. No. Maybe I'm, I might be biased, so <laughs> I'm, I might be a little biased. Well, I'm not biased. I like <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder, I do see all kinds of vocalists in the scene. Like we have uh, Annie, 
who's a theater major, and I didn't even ask her if she did musicals. You can tell it in her voice when she sings. She just has that technique. She uses that technique. And we have uh, we have Megatronics, who consists of uh, Power Rob and Dark Rob. And Power Rob, he's been doing like rock operas for ever, you know, starring in them, and he, he still does them from time to time. So yeah, there's room for every kind of vocalist in this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I was joking, but I guess it is kind of true. There's, there's, I mean, yeah, just Annie and Power Rob alone. I mean, they're both from that more theatrical side of things. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you know maybe just because synthwave is more. I guess cinematic than a lot of musical genres. I mean, I'm sure that has an impact and draws all different types of voices to the scene. It yeah. draws all different genres to the mm-hmm. scene, honestly, from cinematic to pop, yeah, metal, everything. So, how long have you been a singer, Sophia? I know you're in school for it now, but I mean, when did you discover it? I mean, my parents noticed when I was like very, very young that. I would just always sing everywhere, in the car, randomly, throughout the house, and um, an opportunity came when we moved to uh, Clarence Center, New York. Um, There was like a community theater that was holding auditions, and my mom was like, do you want to try it out? And I was like, sure. So I really started performing and like really, really singing at 10 years old. And then ever since then, it's just become my main passion. I picked up piano and saxophone along the way, which has helped my musical skills a lot. And then by the time I was ready to graduate high school, I knew that I wanted to go into performance in college for sure. So it's really always been a major aspect of my life and my number one passion. Very cool. Very cool. And it's cool that you picked up other instruments along along the way. A voice like that, you'd very much just focus on that and that be your thing forever. <laughs> but uh, do you uh, do you have a digital audio workstation that you use? Um, I do not. Oh. Are, oh. You, are you interested in composition, like synth composition, looking into it at all? You could say no. I mean, goodness, <laughs> you're a singer. That's enough. <laughs> I, I'm interested in composition. I don't know what type of composition. Like, okay. I've always been interested in writing music, and I've written lyrics and melodies here and there. I don't really have the, like, technology for it. That's which understandable. Is, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's why it's it's cool to work with Dan. <laughs> My wife will tell you just how expensive it is. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's really nice to work with Dan because... I get the opportunity to sing for like the music that him and I both make together, which is like really, really cool. And maybe someday I'll get the technology for it um, if it's in the funds. Yeah. If I have the funds. <laughs> now I'm just curious because having a, a, a something like Ableton or something uh, gives you all the power over the entire song, over the entire composition. And I know as a singer, you're probably used to working with, I don't know, bands and orchestras and other people, Dan, but eventually I see everyone sort of wander off on their own eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Sophia, we started with uh, Reaper, which is, that's the one I use primarily. Um, and she just started to kind of give her the freedom to be able to record in her own time or try out ideas that maybe she didn't want to try out in front of me. So starting yeah. out with Reaper. Yeah, that's true. I I did start off with Reaper, um, and then after Dan and I got like more comfortable with each other, I like would go off and try my own things out, and then send it his way and see what he thought, and then he would help put the music together. 
because he has the skills for that. Awesome. But if you know piano, all you need is a bunch of money to buy all the expenses. <laughs> yes, I'm patiently waiting. <laughs> yeah, and you probably got loans to pay off, student loans and such. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that doesn't end, just so you know. just keeps going. Ah, oh, thank you. Oh, hey, Love it me. ended for us. My husband's 36 years old. We've finally paid off. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I didn't think yeah. it was a couple years ago, but yeah, 30s. Mid 30s. Yeah, yeah mine, mine are almost there. I'm not quite 36 yet, so I've got a couple years to <laughs> figure it out. But the uh, the one thing Sophia has that we just, if we got her the right setup for it, I would love to get her on a track. She actually does play sax and pretty damn well, so I would love to get capture that if we, uh, we just had the right environment for it. Yeah, that would definitely be really, really fun. I am d definitely thankful that I stuck with the saxophone since fourth grade. Um, even in even in college, I still play. So it would be cool to pull it out again. It's definitely a little dusty right now. <laughs> we'll start practicing. <laughs> if you do that, people are going to be hitting you up. Saxophone <laughs> players are in high demand right now. Yeah, that's true. And there's a lot of them, but not a lot of like good ones that have been doing it since fourth grade, for instance. So definitely pull that I out, mean, dust it off. Like, we do have our one song that features saxophone. Um, Is that you? It's you, right, Dan? No, no. It's uh, I, I grabbed a, a, a guy from Chicago, actually. His name's Derek, um, to play that part. Yeah. And I, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. on Waking Up on the Beach. Oh, yes. That's, Waking that's Up on the Beach. I love that saxophone. Let's stay here forever. Watch the waves roll.
a little tough or a little tricky. Like I definitely wanted the sax and the chorus, but like you don't really want two lead instruments at the same time between the vocal and the sax. So there's a little bit of overlap, but they do kind of just do like a call and response thing throughout that I think came out really nice. Yeah, I think it was definitely a good balance um, where you put the saxophone with the vocals for sure. Yeah, and that's another song that I just, I love like the whole, kind of like the, the message behind that song is, is really cool. That's probably the only song I could say I really tried to finish the, the lyrics for that one, just to kind of get that the whole idea that I had in my head across, which was this thought of like, you just had the best night of your life and you, you slept on the beach and you're waking up and you're like, you know what, this is perfect, I don't ever want to leave. Um, and you're going through this whole thing in your head like, well, I could just stay here forever, right? I mean, I don't have to go back to wherever work or whatever. I could just, you know, I could work at the boardwalk and just live this life. And then the longer you think about it, you're like, well, maybe just for today, I could make this kind of feel like it lasts forever. And it's this like internal struggle of like this wishing you could stay here and loving this feeling. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to go back to, to real life. Yeah, actually, my husband and I were just talking I think yesterday about uh, when we were visiting Ocean City, which is kind of like our lavalette in Washington State. <laughs> nice. And all the people that live and work there who live off the tourism. Yeah. Basically. And, and we thought about what do they do on the off season? Like, what's it like out there? <laughs> it's not this paradise anymore. No, it's I mean, um, I go down in the off season sometimes and it's it's a ghost town. There's nobody there. Most almost everything is closed, especially like on the actual island itself. You know, you have to kind of go back across the bridge to New Jersey proper to to get anything that's that's open and, and available. Goodness, I wonder if people plan for that. Like they lease uh, a building for the summer and then make their annual income in three months and then close up shop. Yeah, I mean, they def that's definitely what they do. I mean, they really do make all their money in just a couple of months. I don't know how the real estate side works, but they do well enough that uh, they come back every year. So it's a cool thing. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it's. You wish you could stay forever, but you know, even if you could, it wouldn't be the same, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite attraction at a place like that? Um, well, I mean, just like I, just laying on the beach is like, it's so peaceful. Even when it's crowded, you hear the waves crashing and the seagulls and the occasional uh, lifeguard whistle. It's just kind of like its own its own thing. The nightlife, though, is also really cool. You know, you can go to the, the boardwalk or the pier and ride roller coasters and things like that. And then they always have like really great music or live DJs. Um, at a few of the, the bars on the boardwalk. That's awesome. Well, now you're making me want to go spend a summer in Lavalette, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Come on out. It's a blast. Yeah. I feel like that description really encompassed the album, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, where are you from, Sophia? Or where are you at now? I'm from Buffalo, New York. And right now I'm in Berea, Ohio, because I go to school here. Gotcha. Okay. You haven't visited Lavalette either. I know. <laughs> I've been to New Jersey, but not Lavalette. Oh, okay. I haven't. I haven't seen New Jersey. I've seen New York City. That's the closest I've been. Oh, you were you were right here. Could have touched it. <laughs> Could have. I didn't even go to Coney Island when I was there. I just I went. I spent two weeks not really planning anything, and then didn't end up seeing a whole lot and went home. Oh but, my goodness! You yeah, have to try yeah. again. Definitely. Coney Island's cool. It's got its whole. A whole different vibe but it's still really cool i want to come out to new york city for for a synth show and i hope you're on it are you gonna go live <laughs> new york city would definitely be the perfect place for one before i, I started this whole thing 
like I said, I was following act, most of the acts are either in the UK or in, or in California. And, um, it was some, some random small act. I don't even remember what their name was, but we were talking about like the different scenes. And I was saying like, you know, our scene kind of died when metalcore died in like the late teens since it's the twenties now, apparently. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, well, you just got to go make your own scene. I was like, well, I guess you're right. That's probably a good idea. And I didn't even know, you know, like Dennis G or anybody out on this side of, uh, the country that was into or listening or creating synthwave so we were really kind of going off the deep end on our own into like a black hole until we started discovering all these different people like this whole community is just amazing that would be cool though if you got on a show with like neutron dreams <laughs> i mean we'd love to and i mean like i said we kind of have this more rock side to things with like the more organic sounding drums and incorporating guitars and things and I mean, the whole point of that was just so that if we ever did get the chance to play live, we didn't have to bring like a laptop on stage and hit play. You know, we could <laughs> actually find a band and, and get a few people on stage to play with us. Yeah, that would that would work out in those New York clubs. Some of the clubs are so small that it's like fitting a band in there is the tricky part. Yeah. And then you'd rather just take your laptop. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And I've seen that, you know, uh, I, I keep telling people, I keep referring to the same concert, FM84's opener, Bad Dreamers, and he was just a guy with a laptop and a guitar, and it was no a way. good show. Yeah. He That's sang so funny. and played guitar, and his laptop did everything else. And it was fine, you know? I think the crowd gets it. The synth crowd yeah. gets it. They know what they're coming here for. Um, and they know that if you set up a band, it's just because you made a point of having a band and not a laptop. Yeah. We get it. Unless <laughs> you're known for writing with an entire band like that some of them a uh, star wave i think they had a real drummer but don't feel pressured to bring the full spectacle yeah no that's a good point and i, I can't believe bad dreamers is just one dude i, I had yeah. no idea calls himself the bad dreamers plural right. that's right. <laughs> one guy it's like duet his all of his stuff is like we are duet you know and he's just one dude oh see i didn't know that yeah, I think everyone kind of doesn't want it to seem like they're on their own, you know? Everyone wants to seem like it's a, a few people or like a group that's that's making this stuff, so it's not just... I don't, I don't know why. I actually don't know why. I definitely didn't want to do it on my own. It's, <laughs> it's cool to have somebody to bounce ideas off of and and actually make some cool tunes with that you can, you know, talk to you be like, yeah, this is cool, or, eh, that one doesn't quite work, you know? It just kind of helps throughout the whole process. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's more fun collaborating and working on a team and it's also like very efficient and i feel like we produce the best ideas when we're working together yeah agreed nice yeah i got that system of checks and balances which uh, a lot of the solo artists in the scene will do that with each other sure yep and we end up seeing a lot of like collaborations like two names on a song or they'll hire somebody to do their mixing and mastering for them yeah i i probably bugged like 10 different artists with demos <laughs> to see if, <laughs> to see how they're sounding like sophia would be like yeah this is great i'm like okay well let's just let's send this around a little bit so <laughs> like uh with american summer i'll I just keep going back to this one because this was like the the baby of the album for so long it was the first song that we started and it took the longest to finish we, we had it done and it sounded great and, and we both agreed and i was like there's just something not quite right about it i was like what the heck is wrong with this song i tried to tell him i yeah. tried to tell him that he was just listening it to it too much now yeah that it actually did sound really really good <laughs> yeah i mean 
everything worked well. It was just something like sonically was like off for some reason. And I ended up sending it to Alex from Yate. And I was like, dude, what is wrong with this song? And within five minutes, he's like, well, your drums sound like they're from like 2004. <laughs> what does that I mean? Like, I was like, I was like, I was like, you're right. I was like, it sounds like three doors down trying to play synthwave. I was like, you're <laughs> oh totally my right. Gosh. So I, with, with him saying that, I, I went back through the entire record. I replaced every drum sample with more modern sounds in the drums. And that was it. That's all it took. Every Everything just kind of clicked after that. Huh, who knew yeah. that could throw it off so much? Yeah, I mean, like I said, coming from like our, our kind of background where I'm coming, like I said, from the emo scene or the rock scene or whatever, you didn't have drum samples. You just had a drummer and... If he played a pearl, it sounded like a pearl. If he, you know, if he played a tam, it sounded like a tam, and that was it. So this whole idea of like replacing things and, and making the drums actually fit the the vibe that you're going for was was kind of like a breakthrough for us. Yeah, see, I wouldn't be able to give that kind of feedback to somebody because I don't know. Like, they keep asking me. <laughs> like, I can't point it out for you. I I can tell you whether you know it's a, it's a good song that I'll remember tomorrow or not. You know, that's that's right. it. Yeah, but see, that's that's good feedback, too. That's like a different side of the coin, you know? That's the, the true listener. You know, if you like it and you're going to listen to it the next day, that's that's more important sometimes than getting the production 100% perfect. Mm-hmm. But I miss things like if somebody's using old drums from 2004 and the, song, the rest of the song is good, I think it's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, that is something I did not notice at all. I was like, wow, this sounds great. Like... <laughs> He's been doing it for a long time and, and his music sounds spectacular. So just it's just something like seeing color for the first time. It's like, holy crap, you're right. And uh, once once you hear it, you just can't really miss it.
Was that like the most valuable piece of constructive criticism that you got from everybody you reached out to? Yeah. I mean, I reached out to uh, System Glitch a few times and he kind of helped with some songwriting things, just uh, kind of back to basics. You know, you get so buried in, in these tracks and so far down the rabbit hole, so to speak, that you kind of lose sight of, like, if I was listening to this for the first time, would I even get it? So just kind of having that feedback too, like one song I had sent him that didn't even make the record and he's like, yeah, it kind of just, just goes and then there's another riff and then the chorus. But then like when you go back to the verse, it's a different riff again. It's like, yeah, you're right. So, so you just scrapped it? Yeah, that one that one didn't make it this this time, but we'll see. I think it had some some good elements that we can rework for, for a future release. So you narrowed it down to nine tracks. How many How many were on the drawing board? Oh man, I mean... Before they even got to Sophia, I would say there were probably 30. And then wow. Sophia probably saw like 20 of those. Yep. Yeah. So we definitely wanted to get kind of really tailored, tailor our sound to to this this American summer concept. And I, th- I think we did it. Awesome. Is this just the sound for this release or is this the sound of Lavalette? Uh, I think we're always going to have certain elements the more rock guitar, the organic sounding drums. But even in this album, you'll hear like the last track on the album that kind of deviates more towards a full on electro sound with even like uh, some distorted kind of vocals. And the drums are still kind of like a a typical beat, but it's definitely more on the electronic side of things. So kind of leaving it open ended with uh, that last track there. Very cool. See, today we heard Summer Keys featuring Nightwolf 1981. Now, I don't know him. Who is Nightwolf 1981? He's a, a solo act out of Australia. He's actually a time traveler, so I had to send it to him how they have their ways. Oh, yeah. We got so many time travelers in the scene. Yeah, yeah. So he's locked <laughs> in a loop in the 80s somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's where he's at. <laughs> well, when he gets back there, if he can send word to Ace Marino, we're getting worried. We haven't heard from him in so long. And I think he went back to the 80s and just dropped his Facebook and Instagram and everything. I'll have him uh, put some feelers out, see if you can find them. <laughs> we have a we have a DeLorean going out like every two hours oh, back really? to the 80s. Yeah, it's like a bus, only it's a DeLorean. I love that. <laughs> we just go back to the 80s for vacation. <laughs> Give me a ticket for that. <laughs> it's expensive. I wonder how much time travel will be when they finally figure that out. Thousands of dollars to go to like space. Three printing it, you know. <laughs> Here's my 3D printed time machine. Let's go. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so Nightwolf, he's from Australia. Like I said, he's locked locked in a loop of the 80s. But uh, he's done some really cool stuff. He plays the guitar on, on Summer Keys. And I just I just love the sound that he gets out of his guitar. And honestly, like so many of these guys, like I could be totally wrong. He could be playing a synth and it just sounds like a guitar. But <laughs> to, me, to me, it's a guitar. Sometimes I have to wonder. Like that sounds pretty real but extremely clean what's up right that's the thing it's like how are you doing that (laughs) (laughs) every time i try to play actually ocean drive is me on guitar but it took so long to like process that sound so you didn't hear like the fretboard scratching or anything like that slides around and stuff like that now you gotta leave a little of it so we know (laughs) (laughs) yeah just gotta listen close you might hear a couple little little ditties i think what gives it away for me i i can tell they're using a synthesized guitar is if they have really poor uh, legato do you know what yeah. i mean mm-hmm. like if if the notes aren't really tied together because yeah. like a guitar doesn't do that piano oh. doesn't, doesn't flow together like unless you're muting the string every time you pluck it or strum it i guess is the correct term 
it doesn't come out like that. It doesn't come out so detached. It, yeah. Yep. You're right. Know. Yeah. The midnight on their older stuff, they always used the synthesizer. Maybe. Oh, come back, kid. I love that song. That is a synthesizer instead of guitar. Is it? Which, like, if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. You know what I mean? But I didn't you do, know. So <laughs> now you're in trouble. <laughs> but you hear that versus kind of some of their newer stuff, and and you can really all of a sudden hear the difference. And I know they they swap back and forth kind of throughout their career. Yeah, because Tyler plays guitar in a folk band, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was always him. I always thought all the guitar parts were just him. I did too until I saw one of their concerts on YouTube. Like like I said, when I was first kind of discovering the whole scene, it was mostly Tyler with a microphone and, and Tim with the drum pads. And I was like, what the heck? How are they making all these sounds? And it, that just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, see, it, they don't bring everything ready to play. Sometimes they play the pre-recorded, you know, I don't know, half the stems or something. Yeah. It's crazy how much technology can do these days. It really is. Yeah, just get a Vocaloid. You don't need to do anything. <laughs> do you know what a vocaloid is have you heard of those oh they're no. hot in japan they're these animated pop stars that aren't real and the voices are entirely synthesized i've heard i've seen the animated pop star i did not know they had synthesized vocals i thought it was like a person <laughs> singing that's crazy well a vocaloid to me doesn't sound like a person not really well maybe heavily processed but it sounds like a machine. They're never going to replace singers. So don't worry, Sophia. They're not going to take your job. They're not gunning <laughs> oh for your gosh. position. <laughs> I yeah, can no imagine. Way. I had a funny story. Um, when Sophia and I first started with the track Promises, that's back when I thought I could write harmonies for vocals. And I learned very quickly that I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> uh -oh. So I, I sent her like the sheet music. And she's looking at it. She's like, you want me to sing this? I was like, yeah, what's wrong? And she's like, well, it's like a three octave harmony. I'm like, okay. She's like, I could sing it. It's just not going to be like what you want it to sound like. I was like, okay, try it. So she she sets up her mic and, and we start with the high part and she belts it. I'm like, holy crap. It was like the highest opera note I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> All right, Sophia, you're in. You're, you're writing harmonies from now because I obviously don't know what I'm doing. That was so funny. I do remember that. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like... I feel like I'm going to break the mic if I try to sing this <laughs> note right now. <laughs> she could have she broke out the windows if she hit it a little harder. <laughs> so yeah. I don't, how do you write them then? Do you just sing them to yourself and then let her do the sheet music part? If I have the melody line or a piece of a melody and I'll say this this part needs a harmony, then she'll just, she comes up with it. Ah, okay. Yeah. Like a lot of times um, Dan will have the melody written out and he'll have his own like smaller harmonies included in there and um, I'll sing those. And then there are a lot of times where we'll talk and we'll be like, we should add more here or we should like try something different here. And luckily I've had really good training and I'm able to just come up with harmonies on the spot. Um, I'll use my keyboard every so often just in case I need a little extra help, but it's really not hard. Yeah, at least one of us has training. That's what I can say. <laughs> <laughs> when I started that, I just had a guitar and I would just play along to whatever record I had at the time and uh, try to figure it out. So I never actually had any like formal formal training for, for, for any of that. Thank goodness one of us does. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, w I would venture to say that it that it helps to have a little you know knowledge in music theory i have people argue with me about it too but it's like you listen to music that's how you picked up your theory you know what you're doing <laughs> yeah i mean i started getting into it more and more and i could definitely see the value in it 
you listen to somebody like the tilt and how they can do key changes that just seem unbelievable yeah. or like micromat scenes. He has a lot of mm-hmm. really cool key changes and, and that's all because they know their theory. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely helpful to know for sure. Helps make the music more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, even like for a, a last chorus or something, just being able to do something unique, but it's still the same uh, riff or, or melody line or whatever, but you can just add a little piece of flavor to it that somebody that doesn't necessarily have the training, you know, maybe they wouldn't think of it or... Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just going from one note to a different note, but you know every note in between that needs to be there. I think that's all. Yeah. Thank you.
What about shout-outs? Do you have any shout-outs? My mom and my dad. Oh. Hell yeah. Yeah, of course. For honing a talent early. Thank you, uh, mom and dad, for being my number one supporters and helping me continue on with my passion. I mean, I obviously have to shout out my wife, Candace, for uh, letting me record all hours of the day and night. Letting you buy all that stuff too, apparently. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> letting me buy it. That's exactly how she puts it too. <laughs> awesome to have that support. It really is. Yeah, and thanks everyone for, for listening. We uh we have the vinyl and cassette pre-orders on Bandcamp right now. It's gonna be released digitally. So if you get the digital copy, that's coming out on the 27th of August, and then it won't be streaming for about another month after that. Yes, thanks everyone. We really, really appreciate it. <laughs> well, I wanna thank you two for being on the show. Glad I managed to catch you before the album drops uh, tomorrow. Perfect timing. And uh, thank you to everybody in the IRC hanging out and chatting with us. Everybody who tuned in from uh, YouTube, chatting with us there and on Discord, of course. And uh, pick up American Summer tomorrow. I got the uh, I got the gold edition cassette. So nice. There's only like yeah. a couple of those left. So two left now. I got the third one. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. And thank you, Karin, for having us. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats on the release. I love it. This is beautiful. Yes, thank you so much, Karin. It was a pleasure getting to talk to you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I, I absolutely love this. We are going to play out with uh, ooh, with an instrumental. This is Lavalette with Ocean Drive. Have a good night, everybody. See y'all. Bye.
Oh, no.